Welcome to the Take Note podcast. This is Ananda, and I'm with Kelly Connor, as well as our two wonderful guests who are just having the pleasure to meet uh, Daniel and Eduardo. Eduardo is on my, I guess, in the screen on my right. No, right. Anyway, I always get really confused with these mirror images. Yeah, and then Daniel's in the box below. And uh, they are from the Know Thyself podcast. And uh, yeah, super excited. Kelly, kind of let us know how they. Uh, yeah, how well, we, we have a mutual friend um, who hopefully is, is watching now called Gala Del Sol. And um, myself and Ananda were introduced to Gala last year because we're part of a creative collective group of uh, yogis and spiritual enthusiasts um, and seekers. So Gala's been quite a fundamental person in my life over the past few months, really sharing a lot of um, wisdom regarding like mysticism and um, yeah, different aspects of philosophies from both ancient Eastern and Western traditions. And she's an avid listener of both of you. So she recommended that um, we reach out and I... Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. I've, I've been listening to a few of your podcasts over the past few weeks. And I just thought it would be really nice to take an opportunity to, to come together and, uh, and churn some knowledge and wisdom and, uh, and see what, what comes out. So I hope this is actually the, the first of, of a few um, conversation we, we could possibly have together. But yeah. Um, yeah, as we haven't met, I was just wondering if uh, whoever would like to go first, if maybe you could introduce yourselves, um, we could introduce ourselves a little, and then we can jump into a discussion. <laughs> yeah, go, go right ahead, Daniel. Let's let's. You want me to get it started? Go. Yeah, it, absolutely. Well, my name's Daniel. Um, my partner in crime up there is Eduardo, and we've been doing the Know Thy podcast. Um, Actually, we're just approaching uh, a year, so wow. I'll do our 52nd episode next month or next week. So that's been really exciting, <laughs> really exciting. And it happens so fast, mm -hmm. which we always talk about. And we always have that conversation. But it's just so, you know, it's really great when you are going with the flow and you're actually going with the stream. And mm -hmm. we always talk about that on the podcast. And this whole project has kind of felt like that through that, mm. this whole thing. It just, it felt so natural and it felt so right. And mm. we got it started just, you know, like, oh, we should just get, we should just have these conversations. And now I think it's like the thing we both look forward to most during the week is just to get together and talk about the same kind of subjects that you guys are presenting. Cause it's mm. just so applicable to our time. I think it's so um, important for all of our kind of development to kind of speak about the spiritual information and share these principles amongst mm. each other. So it's, it's again, it's the ultimate honor to be on this podcast with you two gentlemen today and to meet you guys. And we really are looking forward to having many conversations in the future. Yeah. Awesome. And, and just to clarify your, so it's quite early for you guys. You're in Arizona now, right? <laughs> so it's like 6am in the morning and, uh, You've just arrived at school. You're a school teacher as well. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, I am a school teacher as well. So I teach uh, I teach history and philosophy. Uh, and yeah, that's what I was I was sneaking in today. And I, of course, got caught in a little bit of traffic. So thank you for being patient with me, guys. Uh, and thank you for adjusting to our time because Eduardo and I, do we do kind of have a funky schedule right now. So I'm 
I'm glad we were able to make this work. Yeah, yeah we we were honor. navigating over like three different time zones. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it, it's been mad. I I think I've logged on to this uh, this live stream about three times today already. Like, oh no, I'm an hour behind. And... <laughs> anyway, was, so it's not... Yeah, it was so funny even in our conversation because we were trying to figure out what time zone we were in and it was it's so difficult to do that through texting sometimes so and especially because arizona that you you guys don't have the daylight savings so then it you guys switch halfway through the year yeah, we don't yeah. play by anybody's rules not even yeah. around out here yeah <laughs> it's the wild desert you know? it's the wild west right yeah absolutely okay. Very cool. and and I, I i'm i'm happy to hear too that that this know that self podcast was kind of a it's it's cool seeing the the fruit, so to speak, of the lockdown for so many people. Like like when that external kind of cauldron, um, you know, captured the world, and the things that people did with that. When that container kind of everyone got in that container, and what came out of that for people. So this is cool to to bear witness to that. Oh, thanks, man. Right back at you guys. I'm sure it was the same for you, right? I mean, a lot um, of different things were coming out. Yeah. It's uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah, there, there was no reason why we couldn't share this, you know, information, have these conversations with uh, individuals like yourself and actually to really be overwhelmed by all the other individuals who are mm. on the same path was a like a real awakening for both Daniel and I, because we've always had these conversations since we were um, very young. And uh, I think when we started talking about you know that this kind of philosophy or, or various philosophies um you know we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into but mm -hmm. we always just you know exchanged information with one another and it was just a matter of plugging in and then sharing it with everyone else so it's it's been a very i don't know it's it's a it's a blessing for sure because yeah. again we would have these conversations regardless so it's nice yeah. that we have someone who who cares to listen and exchange information like this with yeah yeah yeah, totally. It's like it, we're already doing it. Might as well just record it and send yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right. I had I had the, a similar realization yesterday. I was thinking about how actually everyone is special. You know, mm -hmm. everyone has something to share. It's just some people do choose to share and some people don't. And like, um, you know, my mother's just made a new friend. She started an art group, and this woman in in the art group, she's a very shy person. And it turns out she's an incredible singer. She has like a professional voice and oh, she's wow. so shy. She's never shared it with anyone. And the first person she's ever shared her singing with is my mother. So I listened to this recording and I was just thinking, man, everyone is special. You know, it's just like mm -hmm. some people they, they, they choose to share and, and some people they don't. But um, yeah, rather than, than uh, like sharing about ourselves, I really want to delve into a, a conversation about, um, about knowledge and, and wisdom and how that affects ourselves. Um, and maybe just, just before we jump into a discussion to make it clear, I'm not um, so sure if you follow like a specific spiritual path or um, yeah, what, what your kind of day-to-day -day spiritual life is like. For myself and Ananda, we follow um, like Bhakti Yoga, Krishna Consciousness, and both uh, Ananda and myself spent uh, a few years in ashrams, traveling and studying um, these kind of ancient wisdom tradition of India based on um, bhakti, which means devotion. Um, and on a day-to-day -day, um, 
a day-to-day routine we practice like mantra meditation forms of, of yoga service and study of ancient sanskrit texts um, which uh, are both can both be very esoteric and also very um uh easy to penetrate and, and assimilate um, awesome. yeah so on a on a day-to-day basis we have our 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 spiritual schedule, which involves, you know, meditation, yoga, service, and study. Um, but yeah, maybe before we delve into a, a discussion, I'd love to know if, if you know, what what your day to day life is like. Because obviously, you're um, teaching in school, and you're doing podcasts, and you're doing various things. Um, but is there like a, a center? Is there a gravitational force, um, or are you kind of? Um, happy more to, to subscribe to uh, uh, a kind of general worldview of spirituality. I'd love to hear a little bit about that before we discuss something specific. Damn, I'll let you yeah. answer that first. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and that's a, it's a, it's a fantastic question because, you know, sometimes it's, it's great when you get asked those questions because then you actually do have to define it. And you're like, oh, actually, what, what do we actually, you know, kind of yeah. follow up? And, I think what Eduardo and I are really fascinated is universal spiritual principles. Mm -hmm. So we're really attracted to finding these pillars of spirituality and really connecting with this foundation. And then through those principles and foundation, we're able to really kind of immerse ourselves into all these different kind of spiritual practices, whether it's Eastern or Western philosophy. So I think what really attracts us and what's been, um, what we've really kind of focused on that podcast is finding those universal principles that kind of transcend all these beautiful esoteric religious organizations. And what we've really found is when we've kind of really studied the principles, when we're now approached by maybe a, a spiritual practice that we're, you know, not so familiar with, we're able to kind of digest that information and Mm -hmm. we're able to almost use that common language that we're kind of formed from alchemy. And that's kind of where I guess our base study would be. But it's so beautiful. Once you learn the principles of one esoteric, um, um, one esoteric organization, you're really able to apply those universally. And I think that's what we're always looking. We're always looking for those universal principles that kind of, um, you know, really sees the blossoming of all these beautiful spiritual practices. So whether it's Eastern or Western, we're really just kind of tied into uh, the evolution of consciousness, you know, and mm. how we can kind of help speed up our own personal evolutions of consciousness so the collective of consciousness can, you know, really blossom into um, what we know it can be. That's right. beautiful. Yeah, well said. Well said. Yeah, I mean, I think with Daniel, uh, to add to that, as far as like a daily routine, um, for me at least, it's always been about understanding that in the physical that we are in always right now and especially in in the western world that we find ourselves in it's a very easy thing to do when it comes to falling into this sort of rat race as we always talk about so mm-hmm. my daily routine in that regards to daniel's um answer about you know diving into all these principles and making them applicable is to just remind myself every day that my physical body here is limited you know there's mm-hmm. not an infinite time that I'll be here for and to make sure I don't waste the day away by just getting caught up in the things that don't transcend into another realm Mm. after this, 
this lifetime. And so, you know, it's a, it's a daily meditation because you have to really sort of take yourself out of the whole routine of all the lives that you're probably involved in, whether it's your spouse or whether it's your family. And so, um, you know, I think for me, anything that we do, whether it's the podcast or our careers has to have a, um, you have to have like a clear sense of like why you're doing what you're doing before yeah. you even do it. Yeah. And it's something I do daily because I, I, I will struggle with it. I will get caught up in everything. And before you know it, I'm like, you know, my whole uh, sympathetic system is just through the roof, you know, because I'm just overwhelmed by all this information or by, you know, status or anything else that may, you know, be expected of me. And so, you know, with the podcast, Daniel and I've always said since since the beginning, it's like, look, we're here to just have these these principles to, to share with everyone else and to also better ourselves as people um, on the daily. So, yeah. you know, um, yeah, I just want to say when you're both were speaking two few things, one is that every, as you guys are kind of. Uh, diving into your explanations and kind of your the the mindset with which you both uh are approaching life and with which you both are approaching the podcast that you run um and just in general i'm feeling so many seeds planted in my heart of like oh man i want to talk more about that oh man i want to talk more about that like just these seeds of a relationship that i'm that i'm actually feeling very excited about um secondly uh daniel you reminded me of this word there's a sanskrit word Saragrahi. Saragrahi means to grab the essence. And I and I appreciate that so much because you're speaking that there are these universal principles. And and when we can simultaneously grab the essence of these universal principles from these wisdom traditions around the world, right? And then and then be able to assimilate those, right? Because I I think there's a there's a line and, and this could be a whole nother conversation also, but the line of like kind of uh, cherry picking universal principles or like kind of just collecting ideas or reading books just so I read the book rather than like you also mentioned, <clears throat> allowing my consciousness to upgrade. Like how am I actually applying and assimilating, embodying these universal principles, these essence, these essences of, of wisdom tradition? And um, and Edward Eduardo, I I love this point that you brought up too about knowing what it is. What is my intention for embarking on this? That that having that goal in mind, having that that the the clarity of our intention, and the clearer our intention, the more potency our our actions will actually carry with them. So I appreciate. I mean, both of those things so much. Like I said, so many seeds are being mm. planted in the heart of like ah. Oh. <laughs> I just want to unfold all of that. Yes. I, I feel I feel those those seeds as well for sure. And uh, I wanted to share this example that I, I often think about of the iceberg. You know, mm. so they say we we see um, we see uh, the iceberg on on top of the waters, um, as you know. But the bulk of the iceberg is underneath the water. And what we wanted to kind of discuss today was like going behind the veil, seeking the essence um, in both Eastern and Western traditions. And this example of the, the, the iceberg comes to mind as well, because it's very easy to see life in an in a external and perhaps superficial way. 
and it actually takes um, takes humility, confidence, enthusiasm, spiritual maturity to seek the essence, to think like, is there something more than what meets the eye? Mm. Um, I've had a really interesting journey myself because before I um, before I kind of dedicated myself to one specific path, I was uh, a musician and I was delving into so many things, sacred geometry, alchemy, uh, Kabbalah, um, uh, Kabbalion, all sorts of things. And I could see truth within them all. But the one thing I was lacking was a paradigm in which I could see everything, see the essence of these things. Um, and when I started practicing this very specific type of yoga, back to yoga, it gave me like a, a paradigm in, in which I could see all of these traditions. So I, I was very committed to specific knowledge and um, coming to contact with people like Gala and people like yourselves, I'm again beginning to um, become intrigued by these these various different paths. And now I have a paradigm into which I can put them all and they all make sense, you know. So there's this simultaneous kind of um, uh, focal point, but there's also a, an open mind to all things and being able to see all things in relationship with one another. What I really wanted to do to start the conversation, because it's it's uh, Earth Day today. I don't know if you, you know. Um, so there's many ways we could approach this, but I really wanted to perhaps instigate a, a conversation around like two things, like dependence and connection. Mm. I was just thinking how every life form is dependent upon another life form in, in an emotional way, in a biological way or a spiritual way. And every life form is uh has an impetus for connection right we're always looking to connect uh, whether again physically or um uh, subtly or spiritually philosophically whatever it is so as it's earth day i wanted to maybe touch upon um these two these two topics like dependence connection and how in in our modern times we're perhaps straying away from um, connection with the earth, connection from our uh, with our souls, connection with one another, um, and yeah, maybe maybe you guys could could share some thoughts on the importance of connection and and realizing uh, our our dependence on not only Mother Earth but on one another as um, as human beings and and as extended entities in the animal kingdom the plant kingdom the celestial kingdom um and so on so I, I i'm not sure if that was something you could maybe trail off with oh yeah, yeah. no i think i think that's a fantastic do you want to start eddie oh yeah go well all i was going to say is those are two great topics so if we want to go from there daniel feel free to come in whenever you'd like but i just wanted to say like those those two topics as far as dependence goes and that connection, I mean, I think connection from my perspective and in regards to everything that, um, you know, we'll go from here on on out talking about uh, is is for me a very important um, step in in the evolution of just like trust, mm -hmm. especially if you're going to be connected to something that's not seen by the five senses. Mm -hmm. And I think that 
you know, back to how we start started this podcast and going into these philosophies. And again, I, I don't want to speak just for Daniel, but for me, I understood that emotionally, each of us have a deeper kind of the iceberg effect that you were talking about, have a deeper story that drives us as humans on the daily. And if we don't know what that story is and we don't know how to connect to that, you know, our emotions are sort of vulnerable to other individuals taking advantage of us or maybe not creating a, a bridge or a connection between people that you could be um, learning from, or at least they could be aiding you and you could be aiding them in mm. this life. And I think that segregation where we are right now in this time uh, in history is more common than not. But if people were to take the step to find out what someone's actually going through, whether it's in an emotional level or an intellectual level, once we bind that, uh, once we have that connection, you know, living a daily life becomes a little more, uh, I should say, you, you feel a little more inspired, you know, to, to continue on. And I feel like that's where a lot of individuals right now um, that I know personally, I can't speak for, you know, your community, but they want to think they're alone in it. And mm-hmm. I'm here to just sort of like take those barriers down and say, hey, this is something I've felt as well. How can we go ahead and connect on something so we have each other's uh, back or have each other's support in such a vulnerable state that you find yourself in and I find myself in? And then we both together can be vulnerable together, but we're together. Therefore, you're not alone. And I think that's that's very important. And so um, and then as far as the dependence to Earth, I think that a lot of people are actually like finding out that they need to not just have a connection with the, a human experience, but also a universal experience, because I mean, with the air that we all breathe and then, you know, the light that we all share from either the sun or, um, you know, from a, a realm that we can't see. I think that having that sort of um, understanding of that dependence is 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 key. But um, I'll mm. stop there and let Daniel no, I, continue on from. I love I loved where you were going with that because I I completely agree and I and I think you brought up a really good um, point with the dependency and the that connection and you know one thing that we've been really kind of looking at with this kind of transition astrologically from the age of pisces into the age of aquarius yeah. is one thing that's very much presenting itself is the age of aquarius is really about networks and the networks mm-hmm. we make and one thing that we've kind of as this idea of networks is kind of developing and i think as consciously we're kind of getting more insight on what that means it's not just the the network of all humans but it's it's the network of all living consciousness within our universe mm-hmm. from the smallest form mm-hmm. of consciousness to the most advanced and i think yeah. making that connection and i think with that kind of pulls in the idea of of that connection with earth because when we really start seeing the world through these spiritual principles you really do have this idea that everything's alive and it's mm-hmm. so funny because this is stuff we knew as children and then we kind of go through this like indoctrination. We go through this whole, you know, um, the five sense real, um, illusion of reality that we kind of get mm-hmm. tied to. And we kind of lose that connection. And I really feel like coming back around and making those strong networks to, you know, and seeing consciousness and everything. 
And when you when you can really start to perceive that everything is alive in my universe and everything responds to love, you really start to realize that even if you wanted to be alone, you never could be alone. Mm. It was, it's, you know, it's just, it's not a part of yeah, this we'll process. So, um, and, it, and, it, and it's such a lovely, and it's such a, it's such a beautiful thing to reflect on and to, yeah. and to come back to, because especially in, in the times, the time period we feel like, you know, even with this, the explosion of social media, I think it's very easy for us to feel alone. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the great things that come from spiritual and, and spiritual maturity, I love who, who brought up the idea of spiritual maturity. One, one of the fruits of that is that idea in that, in that, that realization that we are never alone and that mm-hmm. there's always, we're working within consciousness. And if we're going to evolve, it's going to be through that mode, which will be the evolution of consciousness. So I think networks is, uh, it's going to be the um, kind of the buzzword of this entire astrological age, which is over mm-hmm. 2000 years. So I think we're just kind of <laughs> developing that, you know, but it's, it's happening. I mean, this, that's what brought us together today, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what's going to bring future conversations together in the future and really harvesting that and, and giving in and kind of, taking that leap of faith that, you know, we can do this as one, we are one, so we can do this as one. So we need to have trust in each other. We need to have trust that, you know, we um, were each other's teachers and we're each other's students at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really what I'm seeing blossoming within the communities within, all, you know, there's so many great podcasts right now. There's so many individuals on YouTube that are making, um, that are putting out fantastic material. And I really think mm-hmm. the the moving towards a center, if we can really start networking and unifying, just kind of like we've seen with in the business world, in the in the social world, everybody else is networking. And I really feel like our call as spiritual students mm-hmm. is to create those networks and really create a stronger um community within us and so i i love that idea because we are so dependent on each other mm. to really help push this alchemical process that you know the collective consciousness kind of finds itself in yeah and and kind of the zeitgeist the moment we find ourselves in mm. yeah. eduardo you had mentioned something about this idea of our problems being unique and kind of being stuck in this concept of oh, my problems are unique no one can help me with it and and it it inevitably kind of creates a distance between us and others. And I've often thought about, uh, I heard, I heard one of you mention in, in a recent podcast that I was listening to, uh, you mentioned this principle of Maya, which in Eastern mysticism is like the energy of illusion. Essentially it, it, it can translate as to that, which is not mm-hmm. right. So one of the key, uh, key tools that Maya utilizes, upon the living entity is this idea of discouragement. This is a reflection that I've had that we become discouraged. Oh, my problems are just my own. No one can help me. No one can really understand. Um, but the importance of, you know, like you said, kind of letting down the, the really it's the ego. It's the lack of humility. And, and let me, let me experience that wow and compassion to suffer with each other or in other Mm -hmm. words to realize that our troubles and our challenges are so much connected and that actually with each other and being able uh being equipped then with the capacity to to transform and and overcome and transmutate those challenges and those obstacles which 
appear like blocks, but actually are just stepping stones. Um, mm -hmm. I, I had a, a, another question here because Daniel, you were mentioning this idea of, of networks and connection and the idea of social media. And so I'm curious about this, the distinction and, and what your ideas, what you both have, you know, your ideas are on this, the idea of the distinction between the connection that we can sometimes get. And I, I pur purposefully air quote, uh, the connection we can sometimes kind of cultivate online or through social media or the type of connection we think we're getting through social media versus real connection. And I'm not necessarily divorcing, you know, our ability to actually connect via the internet. Um, but I think that word connection, it's, it's, it's a very nuanced um, concept, I feel, you know, mm -hmm. especially because I have 5,000 friends on Facebook. You know, we, you, you have, you know, so many followers on Instagram, but like, and, and the difference in connection. So connection is used in kind of multiple arenas, but the, the, I'm interested your thoughts on like the nuance between the, the two, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh no. I think that's, um, I think that's a great point to kind of put up because, you know, and that's the, that's the such thing about language in general, you know, it's mm -hmm. so when we put terms to something, we kind of limit stuff and we really, the whole human expression needs to have quadruple the amount of words that we actually can use. Right. So, cause it is that, that physical connection that we see is so different than this kind of this online connection mm -hmm. that kind of can kind of present itself. And I think there's so much great potential to that on um, to that online connection because that's like what brought us together this morning yeah. but it takes it's it's almost like that Mayan illusion you know you can kind of feel like you have all these friends you could have you know 50,000 friends on Facebook but you might actually not have any true connection with those individuals so I really love the idea of you know, I think we have to be kind of proactive when we're using this online communication to actually make that personal connection. And I think that's going to be really powerful um, utilizing that tool correctly, because mm -hmm. I think we could definitely create the ultimate Maya of illusion mm -hmm. through the Internet. Um, but I also think we have the ability to, you know, take this whole spiritual journey and um, accelerate it through mm -hmm. that through that autumn um through that mode as well mm -hmm. so yeah it's um you know we always talk about um tools and how mm -hmm. it's it's the tools not good or bad it's how you utilize the tool which is going to produce that end of good or bad so yeah. i do think we have an ability to use social media as kind of an illusion or almost as a distraction yeah. but it also could be um you know, even like um, how they kind of say that in the age of Aqu Aquarius, the prophet we're waiting for is actually the prophet that's already been here. And they, they say it's the net messiah because it's the connection of all of us. And it's mm. that digital ability to kind of connect all of us. So when um, that's kind of our relation, that's kind of my personal relationship with technology at this point. I think it's so, so important. I think it's great that it gets us connected. But I think we need to take it a step to make it human. I think it's very easy to kind of stay, you know, distant and isolated um, and kind of have that almost like that mentality that you see with like influencers at this point who just take photos of themselves being happy and they, they paint this beautiful life. 
Mm-hmm. And then when you, you go back to scenes and you hear the background and their life story, isn't that so beautiful? It's like almost yeah. a way to kind of really fabricate the illusion. Um, yeah. So I think that's going to be an interesting process. And I think we're, as individuals that are kind of just approaching it, we're kind of pioneers and we're kind of setting the scene of that and setting, um, you know, the standard of what that spiritual connection could be online. So I don't know if you, Eddie, I'm sure you have some great insight on that as well. No, I think it's everything you said is, you know, right on point. And, and I think it's a, it's a good conversation to have. But I think like everything else in this physical realm that we find ourselves in, you're going to have to sift through what is real and what is not real, even though mm-hmm. they're both being funneled through one which is connection, right? So the word connection being that, you know, I can connect with you, you can connect with me via social media platforms, but what's the deeper connection there that really allows us to once again, break those barriers down and see one another without the physical face, but what lies behind that. And I think for for me, at least with, um, say with the podcast even, I, I tend to always lean on uh, my vulnerabilities or tell a, a personal story. So whoever is out there, and this is how I am with people, period. And this this is something that I, my favorite way to connect with people is in a situation neither of us could have predicted or get out of because it, it's a very uncomfortable situation that we find ourselves mm-hmm. in. So this could be at an airport and we're both running out of time or we're both chasing the same flight. There's this immediate connection that you make that you can feel inside where you might be running and then this guy you just met an hour ago is running with you. And then somehow when you guys make it to the end of the gate, there's this, there's undeniable. Um, You're in the foxhole together. Exactly. <laughs> and there's, there's just no, nothing fake about it. And I think when you're online, it's hard to sort of really put the, that together in a situation because what affects you may not affect me mm-hmm. and, and vice versa. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, but what Daniel was saying about, you know, us making the mold right now, I think is it's key for us to have. I mean, there's four of us individuals here. I'm sure we're all four beautiful people. And I think it's amazing that we can have this conversation without even um, knowing so much about ourselves. But at least we have a trust in something that is higher or mm-hmm. um you know, universal to everyone. And and here we are making an example of that. So I think we can definitely, uh, you know, make those connections regardless. Um, so I, I really uh, appreciate all of these points. And um, I'm so impressed by how like articulate you both are, you know, it's, it's, it's really um, well, that that was one word actually, you mentioned in your yeah, inspiration, you know, the importance of inspiration. Um, I was just reading that word inspiration. It comes from inspiro, which is a Latin word, which literally means to be um, filled with the breath of God. Um, And just on that thought, like talking about networks to maybe um, going from like the social network to the earthly network and how um, I think some of the, the largest organisms on earth are like mushroom colonies, right? We see um, so many individual spores, so many mushrooms throughout the forest, but underneath the ground, there is this huge network connecting, connecting them mm-hmm. all. Um, so there is, you know, there is a power within each individual um, mushroom, you know, for sustenance and for, for, uh, for whatever experience you might get from it. But underneath there is this, this incredible connection, this incredible network. Um, 
So I think this is also a good point, you know, where we seem to be talking about um, very rightly. So going behind the, the veil, looking underneath the iceberg, you know, looking beneath the ground and seeing these, these connections. So I was just, um, I really wanted to get you guys to discuss a little bit about alchemy because the community that myself and uh, Ananda are in, um, like alchemy is something that is quite new to me. Uh, Gala has been sharing um, some books and some teachings and I've really appreciated everything I've, I've read. Um, but I think for the, the community that Ananda and myself are in, it's something that is um, a novelty. It's rare to come across such teachings. But there's so many similarities between something like alchemy and the, um, the ancient wisdom traditions of, of India and, and the, the lifestyle aspect as well. And constantly reminding yourself to look behind the, the veil of persona, of society, of internet or, or whatever it is and, um, and see, see a more subtle connection, you know, mm. um, which is actually one that is perceived through consciousness and not through, um, you know, the, the, the physical, the biological as, as we're often told. Mm. So I really, yeah, if, if it's possible, I don't know if it's possible, but I was wondering if you could maybe give us like an introduction to alchemy the process, um, the the steps, and how that might manifest on like a, a practical on a, on a daily basis for us, and maybe the importance of it in these times we're going through, and can the process of alchemy help us establish connection with ourselves, with one another, um, these kind of things. So if, if it's possible, to maybe just to like plant some more seeds in, in our hearts and in the hearts of the viewers, that would be uh, much appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, it's, um, with alchemy, what we're, we're kind of approaching with the subject of alchemy is it's again, it's this universal principle. So really it's, it's the science of transmutation and kind of the science of evolution. So could you define that term transmutation? Cause it's probably new for a lot of people. Right, right. So, so transmutation is really going to be looking at the best way I kind of have been it explained is it's the idea of taking a, a element and through the process of adding pressure, through the process of kind of reflection and kind of creating the, the elements that would usually come around physically for evolution and taking that element and, and finding almost the gold within it. Mm -hmm. So finding that, that essence that we were talking about kind of pulling out of it. Mm -hmm. And you know, we even see this in physical science today with the study of carbon. You know, it's so funny that modern science always kind of laughs at alchemy because it's like, oh, it's such an old, old science. But it's so funny because all these new scientific discoveries that we're making were already known to the alchemists of the old. And, and the beautiful thing about alchemy to kind of come from that transmutation is this is a science that, you know, was from Egypt. It was, um, you know, Indian mystics were practicing it. Chinese mystics were practicing it. Native Americans were practicing it. So we see it in all cultures and it's really part of this perennial philosophy. But this idea of transmutation is really just the evolution of an element from its lead, which is kind of its heaviest, most physical aspect and taking it through the process to find the gold within everything. Mm. 
and that and that gold is that essence it's that universal consciousness it's it's that it's that true connection that we've been talking about this whole time so the beautiful thing in alchemy is it is it breaks it down into a very um almost like it's just a, a science of the elements but you're able to see the seven step process which alchemy really breaks down in and not only can you now start seeing kind of where your society and your culture is in its process and evolution but you could also see where you you are and you can kind of check in with yourself but mm. the most beautiful process about this the most beautiful part of this process is because you you've studied the science of transmutation and kind of the science of evolution you're then able to start that process for yourself rather uh -huh. than it naturally happening rather than maybe you know I, I approach spirituality through a tragic event in my life and that that's what kind of opened me eyes my eyes up to you know life beyond the five senses and it took mm -hmm. a traumatic event and the beautiful thing about alchemy is you don't have to wait for that traumatic event you can actually kickstart it through this process and you mm -hmm. can actually kickstart this evolution and it's just like taking a piece of coal and adding pressure to make it a diamond mm. you almost start doing that self-imposed so so again it's in all spiritual practices and everybody kind of uses their own language to define it and all alchemy is doing is it's going to give you a universal language so if you're looking into yogic studies if you're looking into freemasonry in the west all these principles are going to appear and you're going to be able to kind of recognize them so I really think of it as like a universal key that helps you unlock all the spiritual mystery traditions. Mm. Um, but again, it's, it's, you know, it's, you're not adding thing in, you're, you're taking what you have and you're purifying it and mm. you're finding that, that true essence within. So you can create inspiration because that, that God spirit, that breath of God is within us. We just block it. You mm. know, we let this, we let this lower ego hide it away. We, yeah. We create these blockages. We we have this emotional trauma that really what happens is that universal life force just can't flow through us. So, mm. you know, alchemy is so much what, and me and Eduardo always have this conversation. It's, it's a lot what you do, but it's also what you don't do mm. in the process of alchemy. You take away the self-defeating um, philosophy you have on yourself. You take away the negative outlook. You, you take away the the comparing yourself to another individual and you mm. really start to find that that god essence within mm. and and you just kind of try to get yourself out of the way you try to get your human mm. aspect out of the way so this universal life force can work through you and that's where we get that inspiration and i love how when you guys started this podcast and you you kind of set up the mission statement mm. and you talked about creativity and how creativity is how you how we almost recognize the creator and how we partake in the creator and that's what you're doing you're really letting this this true imagination come out so you can actually you know become what you're supposed to become because the problem with what we see with alchemy is we're not caterpillars mm -hmm. we're butterflies we have mm -hmm. we have this beautiful life we can give we have this higher perspective we're not we're not stuck to the ground we're not stuck to this five sense reality and the process of alchemy gives you not only the confidence but the the guidelines i guess mm. and and what to look for in that process of becoming a butterfly mm. and it's all of our process you know and it's what we want to do and it's it's why it's so important to be around individuals like yourselves because 
we are all, you know, in support of each other in our cocoon. Mm. And, you know, and we support each other through even just, you know, eye contact, being there for support, sharing ideas. But it's really if you I think the greatest and easiest way to approach alchemy is really just looking at that. And it goes great with Earth Day, but that transmutation from the caterpillar to the butterfly, which, Mm. you know, the universe is always, always trying to let us know. It's always yelling awake, awake, you know, and it's it's us that just put the blinders up. And it's just like, oh, it's me against the world. I I am I am vibing with everything you're saying so much right now. Like I've got I feel butterflies in my in my stomach for sure. Um and I just wanted to to button um you know, like you were talking about the evolution of the soul and, and how you know, like the process of alchemy is something that can help you to stop um comparing yourself to others, right? And I find this so interesting. Some people, it seems, are born butterflies, right? Some people, they, they have gone through this, um, they've been held in some crucible, they've, been, they've gone through some trauma, they've gone through some evolution, and, and we can compare ourselves to other people in that way. Um, uh, you know, we won't get a, an accurate um, kind of reading of where they are spiritually because we're focused on the external. Mm-hmm. So I, I love all of those points you're making. And yeah, I was just wanted to kind of pick up on that point about inspiration and how, you know, the ego is really something that whether it's creativity, whether it's spirituality, whether it's um, compassion, divinity, these are things that are coming through us, not from us. You know, everything, um, you know, everything divine, any anything of like real substance and value, it never comes from us. It always comes through us. And the ego seems to be that thing that is it suffocates you or it suffocates this inspiration, this breath of God that we don't allow to come through us. Um, so that th- those points really resonated with me. Um, so I just wanted to to let you know. Um, oh, I love it. I love yeah, what you said, though, how it comes through us. It's a very um, it's a very vital point. I think mm-hmm. that's something that we should always, you know, have a, a deep understanding of, um, you know, from a younger age, because mm-hmm. we're taught that it's from us, as you said. <clears throat> like, for instance, I play guitar. I've been playing guitar for most of my life, but the best time I play guitar is when I'm letting it come through me, mm-hmm. not when I'm playing for someone. So I'm not a performer, uh, maybe for my my fiance, but you know, it's almost like I'm giving you a glimpse of what my emotional diary is made out of Mm. with an instrument. And the ego at a younger age was a lot of my friends going like, play this one song and do this one thing. And I'm like, it's just not going to work because Mm. it's not from the same essence. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think it's, I love that you bring up that distinction between the two, what's actually happening versus what we're taught that that person has that I don't. So, Mm. you know, does that make sense? Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. It reminds me of a flute, whereas, whereas the, the flute is literally, you know, the, the, the player, the flute player is breathing into the flute and from that breath, all of the beautiful music is coming. So in a similar way with this idea of inspiration, literally the breath of God, let me, let me just be in tune. Right. Let me just be in tune so that I, that I can, you know, properly transmit the breath of god yeah. through me and i i want to mention too people are really loving this conversation it's it's nice 
uh, I think partly because the, the different time that we're doing this, but also um, I think partly just the nature of the conversation. But I'm seeing a lot of new faces and, and people that I know and love, but new faces of engagement in the comment section here. And uh, friends of ours are saying that sounds like this principle in, in bhakti yoga, this principle of tapa. Tapa means, it means austerity. Or another way it's defined is kind of like this fire, like the fire of refinement. And you mentioned that, you know, the alchemic process of kind of getting gold even from basic carbon, right? Refining kind of that, the the denser elements of the ego, the denser elements of the of the material, refining it down and and um, into its into its purest gold. Uh, it reminded me of a I, there's a a, fa a favorite author of Kelly and I, and uh, you may have heard of him also, Richard Rohr. Um, have you guys read anything by Richard Rohr? I have not. I have He's, not. Highly recommended. Uh, right. The book I, I recommend to everyone is Falling Upward. Uh, really wonderful book. Um, I just recently read a book of his called Everything Belongs. And I wanted to share this one section. Uh, it was a quote. He says, native religions speak of winter and summer. Mystical authors speak of darkness and light. Eastern religions speak of yin and yang or the Tao. Seasons transform the year. Light and darkness transform the day. Christians call it the Paschal Mystery, but we are all pointing to necessi the necessi necessity excuse me, of both descent and ascent. The Paschal Mystery is the pattern of transformation. We are transformed through death and rising probably many times. There seems to be no other cauldron of growth and transformation. And this is the point that really was sticking out. We seldom go freely into the belly of the beast unless we face a major disaster like the death of a friend or spouse or loss of a marriage or job, we usually do not go there. As a culture, we have to be taught the language of descent. The great language of it's the great language of religion. It teaches us to enter willingly, trustingly into the dark periods of life. So I was just thinking, cause you, wow. then you brought up this beautiful point about the, the material world, the material energy, Prakriti, as it said in Sanskrit, will will automatically churn and change and transform us and refine us, right? But the the process of of intentionally going into the belly of the beast, intentionally going into the dark, intentionally, trustingly, graciously going into the darkness of that cauldron of our of our purification, and it doesn't mean misery. It means it means actually great freedom but there's a lot of fear and you know we you, you guys are both familiar with the hero's journey so it's like you know entering past those thresholds into the into the darkness into this space of i don't know if i'm going to return even though we know that we will <laughs> right <laughs> I, I thought of it i thought how how scary sometimes like self-work is you know like i in recent conversations and just in my own process of Man, when I look at my heart and all the like anxiety or, or anger or fear or attachment that I've, you know, and kind of like self-consciousness, the self-doubts that you were both mentioning, when those things, when I look at all of that that's in there sometimes, I, I become very, I can become discouraged. I can become nervous, like, wow, that's going to take a long time. It's going to be really hard. It's really scary. <laughs> but it's, I, it's an, I don't know. I, I've thought how like, I'm going to come back from that. I just have to decide to go in. 
You know, it's not like my brain's not just going to like turn off and like stop working and I'm going to cease to exist because I went and dealt with my, you know, the garbage in my heart. It's like, <laughs> I'm going to come back from that. But the fear of like willingly going into the belly of the beast. Yeah. Or being very well said. And what I wanted to add to that, because that's, that's incredible. And like, I like that you said uh, the great freedom that comes mm. from it. Um, it does, it does, you know, um, it does give you this this chance to to realize that while you're in the belly of the beast you will come out but while we're mm -hmm. in the belly of the beast you hope it's just like a one day period yeah. <laughs> like, Maybe like 10 here. minutes i'll just yeah, go in yeah, 10 that's minutes all I and need. come out <laughs> yeah and and to, to add to daniel's you know um explanation on alchemy the seven stages do a really good job at sort of probing you or at least pushing you to continue on and staying longer in the belly of the beast mm. in order to come out more refined um but what people need to know is you know, that is the process while you're in the belly of the beast in that one moment, you already doing it. So you, you can find yourself in the situation you're meant to be in. That is a, a an extreme situation or something tough, but also think like, you know, this is it, right? Like we're after this, there is no more. And, and alchemy teaches you, and I'm sure exactly what you're saying with, with um, this book, with falling upward, it mm -hmm. seems like there's the same idea of, you know, the, the process is going to take um, take you through many transformations um, mm. throughout your life. But fear not, because mm. there will be something that will refine you in a way that nothing else might do the job, you know, other than you being in this very intense moment right now. And I mm. think that we all avoid that, you know, and it's OK. You know, we avoid pain. We avoid suffering because, you know, we know how it makes us feel. Um, well, we don't recognize that sometimes it's the necessary step for you to evolve into something uh, more meaningful and more beautiful. So I, I got to check I, out this author, though. Yeah, totally. I was just thinking I was looking at my cord. It's like a upwards or like a spiral, an upward moving spiral. It looks like I'm falling. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know if you can see this. Actually, yeah, yeah. maybe I'm just like holding a weird thing. And <laughs> no, 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 anyway, no. Right? you know, you go as you go up in the spiral. It looks like you're going up sometimes, and then it looks like you're falling down. You're descending. It's getting worse, and then you're going that's up. Awesome. But ultimately, you're always kind of moving up. I just was thinking of that as I held. No, that's, that's great. That's a great I love that analogy. analogy. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's awesome. I want to, I want to pick up on that as well because, like, spiritual life is not linear. You know, mm. we are, we are told that success in life is this and then you achieve that and then you achieve this and you know that's that's the the story we're sold that's the paradigm we're we're sold we get this education we get this job and then we progress on to this and this and this that's mm. success but spiritual life it's it's almost opposite you know it's kind of um yeah you you have to have this feeling of um of defeat of pressure of you know um of difficulty and discomfort in order to actually attain something higher mm. so does that link in with the alchemical process is there a is there perhaps a feeling that comes up when one commences uh, a process like alchemy where you you feel actually although you are making advancement spiritual advancement you feel like you're not is there is there that kind of uh, contradistinction? Is there that kind of paradox that you can experience? And how, like, what does that look like? And and how would one 
no because it can it might be very confusing to feel like you're you're not progressing but actually you are i don't know is that something that exists yeah and that, and you know that's that's such a great point because we're Seriously. we're talking about this spiritual progress and we're talking about this evolution and and like how you guys i love the analogy because you don't always know when you're making progress and it's and sometimes you feel like you're really in the dark um and I, I would say that's one of the strong suits of alchemy because it's broken up into steps and you're able to kind of recognize your step, even though you're not in the next level that you want to be, you can kind of see where you're going to. So you can kind of relate with the situation. So within the, the process of alchemy, you do, you have that dark night of the soul and, and you go through that process and you, and you have that feeling that, oh, you know, maybe even spiritual develops not for me. Like you believe in everything. And this is the, and this is so funny because it's happened to myself completely, you know, completely know about universal intelligence, know about the evolution of consciousness, but getting into the spot of the dark night of the soul and being like, I completely believe in spiritual evolution, but maybe it's just not for me. And that's the <laughs> most ridiculous, it, it, it throws away everything that I just said. Cause it's like, no, if you're part of consciousness, you can evolve consciously. Right. Mm. So, one of the things I love about alchemy is it, it helps you guide you to what steps are coming next. So what, what we kind of see is most people stay in the first two steps of alchemy because they're not aware of how to make the kind of make that progress go. So the, the first two steps are calcination and dissolution. And it's really kind of taking that left brain hemisphere is what you're kind of purifying through the fire in the first step. And then the, right hemisphere which is more of your holistic um, emotional aspects and mm. most of us just ping pong between the first and second step our entire lives because wow. we're not aware that you know i need to actually take this to you know you kind of deal with the fire in the water and the next step is air rising mm. with the spirit but we get so caught up in the fires of life and drowning in the waters of emotion that we never actually start breathing in that inspiration mm. to rise up out of our situation and get that higher perspective and kind of continue the process. So that's what's, and again, this is in all mystery traditions. We see this, but it's very vivid in alchemy. Alchemy is all about, you know, it's that great quote. If you're going through hell, keep going, keep going. Don't stop. <laughs> Don't stop. Don't stop. Hell. There's nothing for you here. Right. Um, and I think that just goes to, with what you guys were kind of alluding to with this, this leap of faith that comes with spirituality, you know, mm. cause there is this leap of faith that are you like, you know, am I, am I actually going to progress through this? Am I going to survive this? Cause it's the scariest thing in the world. You brought mm. up a great point. It's, it's so scary, but it's the scariest thing in the world because it's the most important thing in the world. Yeah. Because, you know, even, one of the things that we really study with alchemy, and I think this is so important, and it's it's important for us to all kind of look at, if if you only know yourself 50%, mm. you can only give yourself 50% to others. Mm. So it's actually the most selfish thing in the world not to go on the spiritual journey and know who you are completely, yeah. because then you can't give yourself completely to your community. And that, that's the network again, yeah? That's, that's the, the like that's the network. Working, right? working on yourself, you're actually benefiting the, the whole, you know? Right, right. Because like, as you take a step up, it allows me to get higher. Um, and you speak about this bhakti yoga with the idea of service and how important service is. And mm -hmm. you want to give yourself 100% service. But 
if you only know a limited version of yourself and you know, you know, 30% of yourself, well, you can only give 30% to your loved ones. You can only give 30% to your community. So we go through this process and doing self-work and when you know sometimes i say i tell individuals that oh no self-work is the most important thing you could ever do and and they kind of have this knee-jerk reaction to think like oh that's selfish Mm. and you're like no 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 like you need to know who you are so you could give the gift of who you are to others and share Mm. it with all the ones you love and and it's it's so important so i just love that i love that we're having this conversation because you know one it's it gives it gives strength to to to, to, to put this into words and it's so important because mm. we all can get stuck on that mountain that mountain up mm. to spiritual evolution it's very easy to set up a tent and say no you know what i've done enough i'm comfortable here and this is how high i'm gonna go um mm. but that's not why we're here you know we, we always have to keep ascending and we always have to get a higher perspective in bhakti there's this concept called anarta navriti um and it's it's very much what you're describing anarta so narta means a desirable thing those those wonderful qualities those just the, the desirable things in the world like uh strength courage compassion love like deep love connection all these things that we're discussing when you put the a anarta means undesirable things means mm. those things that obstruct us those things that are blocking us and in the description of the, there's actually a nine-step process of spiritual evolution described in Bhakti. And in that nine-step process, Anartanavritti is the longest. It's that process of taking all of those undesirable things out of the way. Kind of all those things come to the surface. Like those, like there's a, there, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of ghee. Ghee is like this, right? You To make ghee, you boil the butter. And then all the, all the like, impurities of the butter start bubbling up and then they all sink to the bottom and you have that clean pure golden ghee right so in a similar way all you know in our process that you're describing like going up the mountain you know the thighs are burning they're sweating it's like whatever it's it's so difficult and challenging but if you just stop there then you're just you're not at the top you're not at base camp you're just kind of in this no man zone and I think that's, you know, in, in, in Christianity, we call it the dark night of the soul, right? That whole anartanavritti stage, that middle stage of the process of, of the cleansing of our consciousness, the up, the, as our consciousness is being upgraded, uh, just en- to emphasize this point again, to keep going, to keep moving forward in that. And, and also, sorry, um, the, the idea of if I only know myself 50%, then I can only give myself, I can only give 50% of myself mm-hmm. to others, right? And I think that the importance of individuation really until, you know, sometimes my identity as a, as a soul, as a living entity is is more the, more or less theoretical, right? And and a big p- part of bhakti is, is actually understanding that spiritual identity so that it's not some theoretical thing that I'm a soul, I'm a living entity, but actually understanding that. And when, to the degree that I'm understanding that, to the degree that I can, I can inspire or, or transfer that inspiration to others, to the degree that I can speak to that reality in others as well. Mm, that, that's an amazing point. It makes me think of that quote, like, we rise by lifting others. You know, someone shared a, um, 
uh, I don't, I'm not sure if it's true. I haven't tried it myself. You get a box of frogs and you take the lid off. You know, you'd think all the frogs jump out, but apparently as soon as one frog starts to get out, the other frogs drag them down and he tries to get out and then they, you know, and that's kind of, <laughs> that's what like Western society feels like, or even global society, you could say sometimes it's like to make yourself appear bigger, more successful, you actually pull people down. Um, and I was reading, there's a, a famous musician called Victor Wooten. And he was saying, like, because he's such a good musician, he's so famous, people would put him on a pedestal, right? People would say, well, you're, you're a great, you've mastered music. And he realized instead of coming down to, to their level and trying to benefit them that way, he said, no, stay on that pedestal they put you on and pull them up, you know? And that's, uh, yeah, I, I love that point. Like, we can only meet yeah. someone as, as deeply as we've met ourselves. And it seems mm -hmm. like alchemy is... Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's combining both spirituality and science. It's a, it's a process that you go through. Um, so as I, I'm very inspired by everything you're sharing. I'm, I'm wondering how much time do you guys have left? Cause I know you have to probably teach class and, uh, I'm not sure what your, yeah, your so days I, are like. Yeah. You know, I have about, um, I have about 20 minutes left and then, okay. um, other teachers will start walking in. They'll be like, what are you doing? Like they'll be like, look <laughs> over my shoulder. Um, so, um, yeah, I have about 20 minutes left, uh, Same. but I would, I would love to do it to that limit. But again, guys, I, I feel like I've just met like two new best friends. Yeah. So I really hope we can just continue these conversations even, Same here. even beyond yeah, this. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Uh -huh. Yeah. It, it's, it's such a blessing to connect with you guys. I hope we can do do another one um uh, another few hopefully maybe as as we're coming to the end of the conversation um if we could just bring it back to like earth you know um mm, let's like ground in, down <laughs> yeah let, let's let's ground um you know in the bhakti tradition in um a lot of the ancient wisdom traditions from india the philosophies although mystical and esoteric there is uh, a personal aspect right um for instance you might see a uh, uh celestial phenomenon or a earthly phenomenon like a tree or like mother earth we say mother earth or the stars the sun the moon whatever it is in these vedic literatures there's actually personalities behind these things um we see this as well in native american teachings it's like it's not just a tree it's not just a mountain it's not just the moon there is a, a deity there is someone mm. presiding over these phenomena um the earth is literally known as as bumi devi mm. um, mother earth is a personality you know um i really appreciate in in vedic literature how there is a personal aspect to everything because i think when there is that personalism, it's easier to build networks. It's easier to maintain networks. Mm. Um, if we are just communicating with something of um, of perhaps no consciousness, no substance, no personality, um, I think it can it can perhaps lead to like devastating results for relationship. Mm. You know, because there isn't that accountability you might feel to behave with another person another soul you know another life form consciousness there isn't that accountability to to approach that relationship you know properly and with gratitude and, and not exploit so i think like 
our approach to and our connection with Mother Earth is actually very impersonal these days. We don't see Mother Earth as a mother, as a person. We see it mm. as a resource to be plundered, to be exploited for our benefit. There isn't that feeling of connection and network and mm. um, personhood there. Whereas in ancient India, they very much realize Mother Earth is providing for us. There is abundance. There is a, a personal connection. Um, so I'm just wondering in, in the alchemical process and everything else you guys talk about, um, just to finish off the conversation, where personalism comes in. And uh, maybe this is something we can talk about if we if we do another podcast. But um, we will. Yeah. Yeah. When? More like when. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 But, yeah. Maybe just to just to finish off this conversation, you know, um, be great if you guys could elaborate on that point a bit. Do you want? Did you want to jump in, Eddie, or do you want me to start it off? Oh, go right ahead. I mean, okay. uh, so so if I understand the, the the question correctly, those you're saying within the steps of alchemy, how do we make that personal connection with with Mother Earth and the and the environment that surrounds us? Is that correct? Yeah, and and with ourselves, you know, because uh -huh. the 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 process of alchemy is one of self discovery, self realization. You know, so we're talking about you know, trying to realize ourselves so we can mm -hmm. give our true potential to others and help others realize themselves as well. Um, so who is the person right. behind the veil? You know, who is who is the who is the real you? And, and how can that um, be discovered through alchemy or, or whatever else you might feel inspired to share? Yeah. Well, I, Daniel, if you want to like bring up the materia prima, you know, materia right. prima is, is 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 something that sort of speaks to that essence that you're talking about that's behind the, the veil and the seven stages of alchemy are a goal to get to that golden thread to understand right. what lies behind, you know, um, you know, this physical body. So I don't know mm -hmm. if Daniel, you want to elaborate on that if I'm on, if I'm on the yeah. right track there. Yeah, you know, well, the Emerald Tablet really speaks about, you know, everything comes from this one thing and we, we you know we kind of broke that down as carbon but that personal connection to to keep the the universe alive the the ancient alchemists definitely had a they communicated through elementals so mm. they really used the elements so you know when the when the alchemists are talking about fire dragons they're not talking about a mythological figure they're talking about the personality and the essence that comes from a flame you know, when they when they were talking about fairies, they're talking about the essences that come from the air and the butterflies and and the gnomes on Earth and how they're they're the grounded aspect. And and they communicated with all these things as they were living things, you know, even sitting on a rock, they would ask the rock for permission. Mm. You know, even even when they were um, I love this story about um, Native American hunters when they would be hunting buffaloes on the plains before they release their arrow, they make a prayer for the soul to leave the body of the animal they're about to take. Mm. So they, they're making a prayer to put, please leave the body so you don't Almost feel like pain. infusing, infusing the arrow with intention. Exactly, with mm. intention. So, you know, I don't want you to feel pain. Thank you for providing energy for me, for mm. the evolution of my consciousness. And I'm not taking this sacrifice lightly. I'm going to use the energy you gave me to expand the consciousness's evolution. So when you make your way up the chain of ladder of consciousness and you incarnate as a human, mm. hopefully this world's a little better of a place for you. And it's mm. a little bit better of a setup for you. So there was always this deep connection with the elements, deep connection with nature, the food we're taking in. But even, you know, 
just blessing the water that you're washing your hands in, mm. um, you know, giving thanks to the ground that's allowing you to reconnect with the earth and keep you grounded and keep you in this world so you can do the work you need to do. It's such a beautiful aspect. And I think it's, it's something that's still very much alive in Eastern mysticism. But I really do feel like Western civilization and kind of like how you said, really this globalization that's come from this, they've tried to divorce us from this as much as possible. Yeah. You know, even with even our connection with like the factory farming that happens in the West, that's that's a, a complete break of the contract that husbandry established. You know, mm. when, you know, we, um, Eddie and myself are vegetarians, but, you know, we understand that the science of husbandry that goes way back was there was an agreement like, you know, I'm going to take your life early, but I'm going to make sure you have shelter. And I'm going to make sure you have food and water and you're going to have a very easy life, but I am going to take your life earlier than you would normally expire. But there was at least an agreement there with the animals where we, we just took that contract and ripped it up. Mm -hmm. And now we're just like, you know, even though we, we divorce it, that this is future consciousness, this is future human consciousness, because we're in a situation where the the ends always justify the means mm. and we're seeing that evolution. We're seeing that disconnection from our earth. We're, we're seeing that disconnection from, you know, fracting for my, for minerals, for computer chips. We're seeing all of these consequences. And, you know, it's just so funny how, how we look to solve these problems in the West is we just like to apply band-aids. We don't mm. like to actually take the bullet out of the wound. And mm. we talk about this all the time, but, we love arguing about what color bandaid you're going to use. <laughs> oh, it's like, oh, a red. And then this group's like, no, it's got to be a blue bandaid. And everybody's just yelling about what color bandaid to use. But we're not actually, you know, solving the problem, which is mm -hmm. connecting to consciousness high and low. Because, yeah. you know, you find, you know, you climb the ladder to heaven to find God or universal consciousness. But you also go really deep within and it takes you to the same place. And, and I think that's really important that re reestablishing that connection to nature and seeing that it's this living organism. And, you know, we don't want to be a cancer on this organism. We yeah. want to be the blossom of more expansion. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I really think that's going to be part of the networks that we create um, in these spiritual communities is to take care of lower forms of consciousness and even higher forms of consciousness like what what our earth is made up of and what mm -hmm. actually you know houses our um experience for conscious evolution yeah you mentioned you mentioned the ends justifying the means and i was thinking that but even our ends are very like the ends because that i i thought the ends don't really justify the means the ends <laughs> of our society of modern society don't really justify the means because those ends in and of themselves are so short-sighted <laughs> right that that you really don't see, you're not looking at the ultimate end of what's going to become of exploiting the earth of exploiting these animals you're you're it's 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 a very short-sighted ends trying to justify the means wow yeah, well said that's that was so perfect that was such that was so well said because you're a hundred percent correct on that mm. eduardo did you have did you have anything else that you wanted to share too on that no, no, I think, I mean, everything that we're all speaking about, I think we have the right idea. I, I, you know, one thing that resonates, I guess, if I do want to add something is, as Daniel said, we don't want to be that cancer mm. to, uh, you know, this living and breathing um, 
organism that's all around us. And I think all animals already live by that contract that we're talking about. And it's us. And I think it's us on purpose that need to go through a series of stages in order to make that connection once again that we lost, you know, from the moment that we, you know, came into our first breath. And I think that that is part of why we study alchemy is that mm. or, or in any other practice for higher um, for, to reach a higher sense of self. I think it's best to know how to get out of the way, but also how to reconnect to something that was already there before us and will remain after. And I think that is probably the reason why, for instance, in, in our culture here in, or in Arizona, you should say, we have all kinds of uh, physical activities that I like talking to people about. And one of them might be backpacking. Mm. But in the, at the end of the day, <clears throat> you've gone through these stages of suffering. You've gone through stages of doubt and you've gone through uh, whether or not you can or cannot get through this pilgrimage out here in the wilderness. But everyone reaches the same conclusion at the end is once it's over, you made it through. You pushed mm. on only to just have your eyes gaze upon the stars from the night that you spend in the wilderness to then the sunrise in the morning mm. when you wake up. And so people go through their own little spiritual and it's not little, but their own spiritual connection and have a greater understanding on how not to be that cancer that Daniel's talking about. So even if you don't practice any sort of religion or have a philosophy that you're grounded in, um, it's very easy to subject yourself. At least for us, we've had the privilege out here. Um, you know, there's, there's vast wilderness here. Uh, and I meet people who have no spiritual path, but they're some of the most spiritual people I've ever met because they mm. have a, a complete acknowledgement of the connection they're making by subjecting themselves to something that someone else might say, did you have to go there? And did you have to spend that much time out there? But they know that there's a purification that comes from it when they return. And mm. so, again, back to the whole idea of this of this conversation we're all having is whether it's alchemy or it's, it's the idea of bhakti is just. I think we're all trying to reach that connection that Daniel already um, spoke about uh, with giving the permission or asking for permission to sit on a rock as you acknowledge the rock mm. to be just as alive as you are and, and getting there, I think is, is the goal, you know? Mm. So Kelly, I was wondering if you could share that uh, Kelly, you just recently shared that prayer, that Sanskrit prayer about mm. mother earth. And I thought how, how much it was nice. You were talking about the, you know, asking a rock before you sit upon it. There's actually a Sanskrit prayer that that is is very similar yeah. to Earth. Well, oh, wow. well, maybe we maybe um, maybe I can do this. We can we can finish off with this prayer. Yeah. I um, I, I just wanna, yeah, I just wanna say that I'm blown away by both of you and so grateful for the time that you, you you've given us today. So so grateful. I really hope we can do this again, whether it's broadcast or not. Um, like talking talking about spiritual maturity, I can I can see that you're both very advanced personalities. I'm learning a lot, you know, just from speaking and definitely from listening to your podcasts. And um, yeah, I, again, like just this point of us working on ourselves. Like re really, we're just having a conversation we want to have, and through that, other people can benefit as well. So I really hope we can do this again sometime. And um, there's so many things. I mean, like I made, I made like a, a list here of all different topics. <laughs> uh, you know, like That's excellent. With all those about, seeds. <laughs> yeah. 
um, right. consciousness, evolution of the soul, the Kabbalion alchemy, Dharma, uh, the hero's journey, Jacob's ladder, you know, like on and on and on. All so of them. Excellent. It'd be yeah. great to dive into this. Um, but yeah, this is this is a book called The Eight Elements, actually. Mm. And this is a, a really wonderful book by Rancho Prime. And uh, he wrote this book in uh, in the north of England, in the Lake District. And it's a really interesting book because he is going through all of the the eight elements that we uh, we kind of conceive of. So he's talking about earth, water, fire, air, ether, mind, wisdom, ego, and then spirit. Mm. And his experience with with all of these elements through um, his life. And in the chapter of earth, he gives this prayer that maybe we can finish on. So the Sanskrit is Prithvi Twaya Trita Loka Devi Twam Vishnuna Trita Twam Cha Dharaya Mam Nityam Pavitram Chasanam Kuru. And the translation is Mother Earth, you support all beings. Goddess, you are maintained by Vishnu. Please always maintain me and bless this place. And uh, I just think that's such a lovely prayer because wow. the essence of the prayer is gratitude, really. Mm. You know? And I think like that is how networks are made and that's how they're maintained, it seems, you know, mm. is, is through a shared experience of, of gratitude. And uh, instead of ego-centric life, instead of having yourself in the center, like an eco-centric life where you see yourself as, as part of a larger organism. Mm. Um, that's, That's kind beautiful. of the, the message. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful way, beautiful reading as well. And what a great way to kind of to kind of close up this conversation. I couldn't think of a better way to kind of formulate it. And you know, that idea of gratitude and bringing that with us and instilling mm. that in our days is just is such a fantastic thing. So, um, For real. you know, and it's and I guess one of the on speaking on that gratitude, and this is something we always kind of end all, all of our conversations with a lot as well. Um, but, you know, meeting you two today and having this connection and be, being on there with you, Eduardo, it's always good to see you early morning. But, you too, man. You know, and, and all the listeners and all your guys, fantastic listeners and the people part of your community, it is, it is just such an honor to be on this journey with all of you guys. And yeah. it's, it's so empowering. And I just, I just really, you know, when we're kind of going through these spiritual understanding and this gratitude, we also need to have gratitude, you know, for ourselves. And it's mm -hmm. so easy to beat ourselves up that we're not making the progress we need to make. But I think the universe is very proud of each and every one of us for mm -hmm. the steps that we've made and the, you know, the self direction that we've mm -hmm. kind of put ourselves onto this progress. So, you know, it was just, I loved, I love the prayer. And I just, just the vibration that comes from Sanskrit is just such mm -hmm. a, you just feel it so deep inside you and it, it just it just penetrates right mm -hmm. right it's just it's like the arrow it's like the arrow it, huh? it, it's <laughs> like the arrow it's like the arrow you know it just right when you started reading it just like my eyes immediately closed and i just felt like mm -hmm. i went i went to um such a place and it just you could just you just feel it kind of come within you and become a part of you mm -hmm. so that was such a, a beautiful way to kind of end this conversation Awesome. Yeah, we thank you. Thank you very much. Because I mean, everything we spoke about and everything we can continue speaking about in terms of philosophy and an understanding that we each have of this, you know, realm that we find ourselves in, this is the evidence of it all lying in truth, because 
this connection that I feel will carry out through the rest of my day. And even if you aren't with me to witness it, I can tell you whoever I see for the rest of the day goes, you know, there's something extra in your skip. And that skip is because I had this experience with you guys. So yeah, absolutely. Much. That's, this is that's that, the breath of God. I think that's what we'll take with us, that inspiration. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm, I'm just going to echo all of that gratitude because it's, uh, yeah, my, it's, the level of kindred spirits that I'm that I'm experiencing right now is is quite off the charts, and so I again just want to appreciate our conversation, uh, and appreciate the time taking time that you know, arranging over three time zones is not <laughs> and I'm I'm grateful that we had the capacity to do it, and uh, looking forward to more conversations in the future. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Ananda yeah. and Kelly. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, and we, we'd love to have you guys on the Know Thyself podcast to we talk about to. to really focus on the Baki because we really do have a pull for more Eastern philosophy. And um, Eduardo and I are definitely a little bit. Our background is definitely Western mysticism, and we approach Eastern mysticism with so much curiosity and so much love and gratitude. But to have individuals that have you know went through that process of living in an ashram and I, it would just be, they would just love it. They would, they would just be begging for you guys to come back all the time. So cool. we can't wait to make that happen as well. Cool. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you for that invitation. I love that. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Is there, is there something um, we should mention Ananda before we go, like we have the uh, email and stuff. People yeah. So okay. I just, if you want to connect with Kelly and I, if you have any questions or reflections, or even um, requests on things that you'd really like to hear, you can either email us at heytakenote at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us also through Bodica, uh, as well as on our Instagram, the take note pod, take note dot podcast. Kelly, is yeah, that where it is? I think so, okay. yeah. Take note dot, dot podcast on Instagram. Uh, we'd love to hear any reflections, anything that really struck you from these conversations that we're having. Um, but until then, Thank you so much for tuning in and thank you for all your engagement in the comments. There's just a lot of different comments coming in. People feeling so inspired by the conversation, so inspired by the points that were being brought up, so and inspired I, by the connections that were being made. I, I just want to say as well, um, thank you to Gala for for uh, yeah uh, right for, for the uh, the connection as well, and uh, and thank you to Bodica. Thank thank you for this platform giving us this space to to connect and have these conversations. And uh, yeah, let's do this again as soon as possible, as soon as time yeah. allows. I can't oh, wait. Yeah, big, big uh, thanks to God for getting this whole connection. We're, I'm so excited to see all the projects that she's working on with mm. her directing abilities. And, you know, that's actually how I got connected. I was just nerding out. I found one of her pictures, like her video clips on Instagram. And I was just nerding out about it. And I just posted it on the Know Thyself site. So I'm like, this is beautiful videography. And she just messaged me and was just like, oh, I listened to your podcast. And I like almost like threw up. I was so excited. I was, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I was just like hyperventilating. I'm like, you listen to my podcast. Like, this is the most amazing thing in the world. So we're so blessed to have that connection because it, it brought us here today. So that excitement wasn't not justified because it's brought me so many great connections. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so blessed. So blessed. Awesome. Wonderful. I, great. Let's do this again as soon as possible. Have a lovely day. Sounds both good, of you. gentlemen. Do you the same. Guys. Thank you so much. Blessings. It's been an honor. Okay. Happy Earth Day. <laughs> Happy Earth Day. Happy Earth Day. Bye, guys. Right on.